Radio Influence. The future is now. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good afternoon, everybody. Guess what is going on? We are live again. This is Brian Duffy for Duffified Live, episode number two. So excited for this because I have had a crazy, crazy two weeks after our first show went live last week uh, with the amazing guests such as Mr. Michael Tips. Thank you so much, brother, for being on there. And then, uh, of course, I have to talk about the always lovely Miss Kathy Suswitz from... uh, from all those amazing radio stations and the great podcast of On the Beach down there with uh, with the pants and the boys from Radio Influence. I had a great time talking to you guys. I also want to thank the guys from Stein and Vine who uh, allowed us to tape there uh, for our first episode. It was super fun and uh, just a really, really good group of guys and, and girls back there, Brittany, our bartender and our managers that were coming over the whole nine yards. So just kind of fun, um, you know, doing this and being able to talk about the traveling and um, kind of all the experiences that I get to have while I do travel. So for me, uh, this is a great opportunity to just kind of share some of the world that I live in and some of the experiences that I have and just kind of go forward and just go nuts about some of the stuff that I get to do. So so we're going to stop there. And what we're going to do is I'm going to talk to you guys about the last couple of weeks and what I've kind of been, what I've been kind of doing and kind of been working on as well as some of the great experiences that I've had. So again, I was in Tampa uh, last week. I was down there with clients. We're working on a whole new project uh, for the Riverview GDX 14 Luxury Theater. We're putting in a features gastro pub. Um, so I've been back and forth to Tampa over the last two years, really just kind of finalizing things, getting everything ready to go. We're getting ready to open that property up about the middle of March. Uh, for anybody who knows, uh, March is probably the craziest, craziest time of the year for me, um, just because I have a Appearances and I do a lot of stuff for St. Patrick's Day and then with my new place, the Flying Fish Craft House, um, it's been pretty crazy. But one of the things that I do always, always, always make sure that I do is I get down to Fort Myers to see my buddies down there at the City Tavern, Kevin and Julie and Heather and all the girls that are down there who I just adore so much. I have so much fun going down there and playing. So this is going to air this Thursday, um, which is February 9th. 10th, I believe. So you guys, for anybody who's going to be in the Fort Myers area, don't forget, come by the, uh, the uh, City Tavern, which is located right on Bay Avenue in Fort Myers. It's an awesome little gaster, an awesome little dive bar. Kevin Offerman owns it, and uh, the girls down there just do an amazing job, so I love being down there. The boys in the kitchen have executed a great menu for the last couple of years, so I guess that's kind of a shameless plug for an appearance of where I'll be on March 17th. 2014, 2014, holy shit, I'm really screwed up here, I meant 2017, um, I'm also doing something super fun in uh, San Diego towards the end of the month. I'm going to go out and visit some friends. Plus, I have the opportunity to work with a really great brewer called uh, Miller Coors. Super secret. Nobody knows about it, but I'm doing some fun stuff with them as well. But let's go back a little bit to Tampa and kind of talk about what's going on down there and some of the things that I've experienced. So first things first is I have been going to Tampa for roughly a year and a half, almost two years. 
one of my first trips down there, I went down uh, for a bacon festival, and I ended up meeting some really, really cool people. I met uh, a good friend of mine. Her name's Rhonda. She's a super cool chick. She's a lot of fun, totally crazy. She was on the Steve Harvey show recently, um, and at the same time, I got to meet up with a friend of mine. Her name is um, her name's Monica Madison, and she is Monica Madison. Did I get that right? I, I forget her last name because we always do Twitter. So her her uh, Twitter name is very simple. It is Bills Fan Monica. So if you guys get a chance, follow her, um, as well as I go down and I get to see my dear friend, Kathy Suzwitz. So she is Kathy Susie on, uh, Instagram. And I think she's Kathy Suzwitz on Twitter. So definitely get down there and check these guys out. Definitely hop on Twitter and follow everybody over there. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty easy to follow. My name is chef bride Duff on Twitter and Instagram. So check all that good stuff out. These are all like shameless plugs as I start to even try to talk about a story, but I'm by myself right now. I'm in a hotel room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I'm talking about Tampa, Florida, where it was like 75 degrees last week. So, um, but going down there and, and being down there for the last couple of years, the last year and a half, two years, I've had the great opportunity just to meet these awesome people, whether it be through hotels that I stay at or, um, you know, the guys that are doing the producing of this show, um, Jerry and Jason from radioinfluence.com who have been uh, so wonderful to me over the last six months, seven months, trying to get contracts signed, trying to get sponsors for the show, um, doing all that stuff. So I've made some great friends from, through being down there. And one of the things that I've noticed about Tampa really is, is the tremendous amount of hospitality. And it's not even, even from the people in the restaurant business or people um, in the hospitality industry. It's really from the individuals that live down there. Uh, I, I've had great experiences back and forth just from, uh, you know, people saying, oh, no, don't worry about that. You don't need an Uber. Like, I'll drive you the 20 minutes to get home or come on into my bar and sit down and have a couple of drinks on me and let's have a conversation. And people down there really just truly enjoy to talk. Um, um, they really want to share experiences and they want to get out. I guess it's because there's constant like vitamin D that's being sucked in through their skin that makes them a little bit happier than most. But it seems to me like people in Tampa genuinely have a great attitude. Um, I have uh, also become good friends with or I've become friends with a guy named Frankie Ayers, who is my tattoo artist. Um, and it's been kind of cool because Frankie has done four tattoos for me thus far. Um, Two on my, uh, one on my, my bicep itself, two on my inner bicep, uh, one on my left bicep, and then one on my inner bicep, which is the most recent one that he did. And, you know, you get to meet people and you get to meet some really cool people. And I love creativity. I love people that can, um, that can draw. I love people that can sing or play an instrument or something to that effect. It's one of those things that, uh, that I just find is a true talent, a true art. So, uh, Frankie has done uh, four tattoos for me, um, and each one, uh, he, he's just grown leaps and bounds. The first one that he did is a meat fork that I have on my arm um, that has a sugar skull on it, and you know he was a young kid. He did an awesome job, and it's still a great tattoo. He also did a star for me um, to in homage to a friend of mine. And then he did uh, a, a, a whisk, a vintage whisk that I had found in a restaurant um, when I was getting ready to open it. And it was kind of hidden in the corner. It was really a neat whisk that I had found. And he was able to recreate that through a picture that I had sent him that he also did a sugar skull on my left bicep. And then most recently, because I don't know if you guys know, but sometimes I can be kind of a dick. Um, so uh, I, I have this infatuation with roosters. I think that roosters are really pretty wild. So... Um, I was able to get uh, I sent a, a picture to Frankie of a rooster that I had seen on the street 
in Chicago and it was just a water, like a chalk drawing of a rooster. And for some reason that rooster has stayed in my phone. The picture of that rooster has stayed in my phone. And, uh, the meaning of a rooster is, you know, well, first off, I don't know if you guys know, but it is the year of the rooster. Um, it's one of those things, uh, for the Chinese new year that, uh, is pretty big. And I keep this rooster just kept kind of popping up and it kept kind of, how can I explain what it is? It just kept kind of recurring to me, whether it be in a a dream or, or, or something like that. Like there was something about a rooster that just kept coming back. For anybody who knows, I also, you know, I used to wear hats all the time, these awesome Gorin Brothers hats. And... One of the things that uh, uh, that I did for years was I always wore the hat and it said cock on it. So it got to be kind of a joke that I would uh, I, when I would leave a kitchen, I would give the chef or something, somebody, something like that, um, a, a kitchen manager, whatever. Uh, I would give them a hat that had the rooster on it. So it kind of became a little signature for me, and it was kind of funny. But it, it's it's uh, the rooster is something that's important to me. Um, one of the cool parts about a rooster is about its dependability, and I try to be a pretty dependable guy, whether it's to my family or my friends or whatever. And I know that I travel a lot, family and friends, and I know that I'm not on the road. I mean, I know I'm on the road all the time. I'm not always home, but you know, I'm there for everybody no matter what. I do my best to try to help people out. Um, you know, there's a whole idea behind the Japanese mythology that talks about the brave rooster who um, who kind of enticed um, Amaterasu um, out of her cave and, and, and from through that they brought the sun back into the world and among Taoists the rooster is a, uh, a lucky emblem and in some settings roosters are thought to act as like a divine messenger um, you know and there's so many different meanings between the culture his, the, the Celtic history um, Por- Portuguese history actually talks about the miraculous rescue or rescue that was made by a, co- a cooked rooster um, about a man was accused of theft and when he faced his accuser and kind of all that stuff um, that they put a noose around his neck. Uh, the judge ignored the warning and took him to hang nonetheless. Uh, true enough, though, the rooster stood up and crowed, telling the judge of his terrible error. Um, so uh, there's a lot of really cool history behind it, but so much of it has to do with, with uh, you know, has to do a lot with, with the loyalty of it um, and, and what all of that means. And, and in the Celtic world, um, the Celts saw the rooster as a messenger to the underworld. And as he traveled, his call called forth the souls of the brave who died in battle. Um, Gaulish depictions of the god Mercury, the god of messages in abundance, shows him that a sacred rooster, um, had he, that he was used as a companion. So there's a lot of really cool kind of things about that. Um, and that I really like about it as well. So that's one of the reasons why I got this awesome rooster. And I was able to give this ta- this picture to uh, Frankie, and he literally just crushed it. You know, one of the things that we talked about was the idea. I kind of wanted it looking back in kind of a fuck you manner. Like, I got this. Don't worry about it. I got it. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. I'm on top of it. Because that's kind of how I live my life. I'm always trying to fin- finish projects and get things done and help people at the same time and take care of my family and take care of everybody. So... That's why I got this awesome rooster. Um, but one of the things I sat with Frankie for about four and a half hours, and uh, you know he's a young guy, but he just does a really awesome job. So, uh, so Frankie, do me a favor, brother. Keep rocking on and with what you're doing. If anybody out there who listens to this wants to get a tattoo, if you're in the Tampa or in the, you're in the Ebor City area, definitely look Frankie up. Um, he is uh, a true artist. He works at Atomic Tattoo. Um, he's there a lot. If you want, you can reach out to me. You can just do a hashtag. Ask Duff, and you can get right through to me. I'll connect you guys together, um, and I will also, at the end of the show, give you guys all of his information. So, um, 
So right now, I uh, throughout the week, I have been traveling. I was in Tampa all last week. Um, I flew home on Thursday. Uh, I was able to get home Thursday. I got into the restaurant Friday and got to hang out with everybody Friday night over at the Flying Fish Craft House, which I opened up on December 5th. Super excited about this. I have a great crew in there. We have an amazing group of people. Um, it's it, The menu is like some of my favorite stuff that I've, I've done for the last bunch of years. Um, you know, between the burgers and the flatbreads and the pizzas, um, and just a lot of the appetizers that are, you know, pretty standard, really good bar food that we have a boatload of fun doing. And then we opened up for brunch and we do some amazing stuff with brunch. We've got a great, uh, Gravlox that I make that, uh, I'll post, I'll post the recipe for my Gravlox this week. Um, but definitely hop into the Flying Fish Craft House. Like I said, I got to hang out with everybody Friday night and just have a boatload of fun while I was in there and seeing great friends and um, you know old friends coming in to check me out and check out the restaurant and watch my staff at work. So it's been a really great experience opening my own place back in my home city that I've been so, so, so looking forward to. Um, Saturday, I had the opportunity to take a wonderful group of people up to New York City, and those two people would be my daughter, Fiona, and her best friend, Kylie. So I got to take the train to New York City with two 13-year-olds um, who, uh, if, you, if you've never traveled uh, with kids, uh, get out there and do it because it's kind of a really cool experience because, you know, you're taking a kid out to see something that they've never seen before. You know, Fiona's been in New York before and her friend Kylie's been in New York before, but I don't think they've ever really done New York the way that we did it this time. Um, we got up there. We checked right into the hotel. Um, the girls went in their room and I had my own room and they got in and they got dressed and they were all dolled up to go out. Fiona's doing makeup and all that, you know, all that. And uh, it was just kind of fun. I had two really cool dates and um, I contacted a friend of mine who lives in North Carolina who I actually met on Twitter and through uh, the Bacon Festival of all things. And uh, her brother owns Black Tap in New York City, which is these, which are these great burger spots that do amazing, amazing milkshakes. And they're super, their milkshakes are like 17 bucks. Um, but they're super flavorful and they do a really, really nice job. They use great product. And, um, you know, the burgers that came out were absolutely awesome. But um, while we were there, I'm sitting there across the table from these two wonderful little human beings and just listening to them talk and the, and the, the excitement that they had in their voices. And, uh, you know, that to me is the true idea of Duffified. So that's really where Duffified Live comes into play is that I, I, I was able to watch these young girls um, just sit there and they were in awe with everything. And they were so funny about it because they're in New York City and they're kind of out on a date and, um, you know, we were just having a lot of fun and laughing and listening to what's important to them. Uh, it w- was so important to me to hear, especially because I travel so much. Um, it was really a neat thing to watch and, and a neat thing to hear. Not that I don't hang out with my girls all the time, but this was a different experience because this was Fiona and her best friend. And it was just the three of us that were up there. Uh, last year, I did. I had done the same thing for Emily and her best friend, Lexi. We had gone up and done the same thing. So, you know, it's just kind of fun to to get up and see those things. And if you ever get a chance, take a kid to New York, man. Get up into New York and have a bunch of fun. Um, while I was there, I reached out to a friend of mine, um, uh, Danielle Von Shiner, who is the cider mistress um, who owns Big Apple Hard Cider out of New York. She has become a very good friend since the first time I met her on an old podcast that I did with Russell. Um, and every time I go to New York or anytime she's kind of running down to Philly, we kind of connect and we have a really nice friendship. Um, she's a very, very sweet woman and she's a super cool chick. And, you know, she rides a, a an old triumph. Um, oh no, she rides a Royal Enright. I apologize. 
Um, and her husband rides a Harley and we kind of hook up every now and then all of us together. Well, that, that sounds kind of weird. We don't all three of us hook up and neither do Danielle and I were very good friends, but, uh, we do, we get to meet up. And last time we met, we were in Princeton. We got to ride all the way in through Princeton and up into Easton and all along the water, along the Delaware river. Um, and just kind of hang out and have a really nice lunch. And so I called Danielle and she said, Hey, do you guys want to go see a show tonight? So Danielle got us three tickets to go see Aladdin on Broadway. Well, for me, this was like my first experience ever, um, going to a Broadway show. You know, I, you know, everybody talks about being on Broadway and being in the spotlight. And, you know, these people are some serious, serious, uh, actors. Um, they do a great job and, and Aladdin was just an amazing show. I really enjoyed it. And I found out something that Fiona has never seen the movie Aladdin. So, um, I bought it the other day. So Fiona, guess what we're doing this week? You and I, my friend, we are watching the movie Aladdin. Ah, so that was like one enormous long run on sentence. But uh, after we went and see to see Aladdin, we then walked through Times Square. Um, Danielle was showing us some really cool stuff walking through Times Square. Um, we had uh, uh, just had an awesome time. Went in to see the show, came out, ended up going to Sephora. My daughter's 13. She wears her makeup. She loves her makeup. So we got to go into Sephora and hang out in there. And don't go to Sephora, boys. Do me a favor. Don't go to Sephora. Women, have fun. Go in there. Have a great time. I'm not trying to take away from Sephora. But if you're a man, they don't have man chairs. There's nowhere to sit. I actually sat on the windowsill at one point, and the security guy told me I had to get off. I couldn't lean on it even. So, Sephora, here is my shout-out to you. I spent a boatload of money in your store. Now, get me a goddamn chair next time so I have something to sit on. Um, but... Uh, after that, we just kind of walked into like all the great big stores, you know, Forever 21 and H&M. And it, it was just so funny because it was like 11 o'clock midnight. You know, my girls are out there shopping and, uh, you know, we woke up the next morning, had breakfast together. And then we all went uh, down into Soho and just did some shopping and hung out and took an Uber through the city and got to watch everything. So if you ever get a chance, take a kid to New York. It's what I'm going to tell you to do. Um Came home uh, Sunday and got to uh, kind of hang out for a little bit. Went into the restaurant, watched the Super Bowl. Lady Gaga, damn lady, nice job. You crushed it. Really awesome. I loved it. Um, but uh, my girls were in there as well. We had a, we, we just, it was just a great weekend altogether. And then uh, I was home Monday. I got to do a bunch of work. I had a bunch of meetings in the restaurant and stuff like that. And then from there, I went directly to, uh, I, I hopped on a flight the next day. Um, had to hop on a flight and go to, uh, and come right into Grand Rapids where all day long today I sat in meetings, working on menus and getting everything set up for this restaurant that's getting ready to open. So for those of you who are interested, if you live in Tampa, come and visit us in Brandon at the Riverview 14 GDX Luxury Theater, something I'm pretty excited about. But what I'm going to do uh, now is I'm going to take a break. And uh, I'm going to get ready for my next guest. And my next guest is, uh, he's a chef. And I love talking to chefs because chefs are, one, we're eccentric. Two, slightly crazy. Three, outspoken. Four, we have a tremendous amount to talk about. And my buddy who's coming up next, which I'll introduce in a second, has uh, is no stranger to any of that. Um, very, very well known in his field. He owns an amazing restaurant. So uh, everybody do me a favor. Um, I want you to uh, put your headphones in. I want you to uh, close up the windows in your car if you're listening to this there. And I want you guys to get ready to listen to my really good buddy, Chad Rosenthal. Here we go. So this is a pretty cool dude that I met a couple years ago. Oddly enough, I was introduced to him through my old babysitter um, named Barbara Esmond, who has a great spot down in uh, down in Betterton, Maryland. 
um, called uh, Barbers on the Bay. So if you ever get a chance and you're down there, stop by and see Barb because I owe her a debt of gratitude for introducing me to this guy. This is Chad Rosenthal, who you may uh, have known or may have seen. Um, he's been on TV for multiple years. You can catch him on Home Shopping Network, hocking his ribs out there, which are badass because he owns a property in Ambler, Pennsylvania that is called The Lucky Well. So everybody do me a favor and say hello to my good friend, Chef Chad Rosenthal. Hey, I can't believe Barbara was your babysitter. You never told me that. She was. You she knew was, her. Yeah. I, she doesn't look that. She doesn't look old enough. She's. I. She's. I guess she's. Probably, or you look too old. One or the other. I, I don't know which cool. one it is. I know, but you have the gray hairs put into your head. Mine are natural. It's a special thing. It's called camo. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I put it in. It makes me look. Uh, it looks. It makes me look wise. I like it. It does because when I talk to yeah. you, I kind of feel like I'm not as much of a man as I was before I met you. You feel like you're you're speaking with an owl. I do. You are a very wise man. That is definitely the truth. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, smart. no, Barb was my Barbara Esmond was my babysitter for for a couple years. My father taught her in high school, and then mm-hmm. she uh, she actually worked in New York for years. And I've got a, a, Bobby Flay, right? Or one of Bobby his Flay. She worked at a crazy place on 85th and Amsterdam that I cannot remember the name of. But I was right. 19 years old. I went to New York and spent St. Patrick's Day in there. And I made the mistake of walking down the steps into a restaurant in New York City where her and all the servers were smoking weed in the basement. Right. I did, I, didn't, I never smoked weed. So I, I was just like, what the fuck? And she's like, get out of here, dude. You got to go. You can't be down here. First true experience <laughs> in a kitchen happened right there with Barbara Esmond. That's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. I When I opened my first little barbecue restaurant, I um, I guess I was looking for someone to kind of help me run it. I was in another business at the time. Uh, I put an ad out. and We had about a two-hour conversation. I never forgot. I was on my back porch with a little tiny smoker from um, uh, from Home, Home Depot, and I was talking <laughs> to her for hours. And uh, then we met at a coffee shop in Manion, and it just never worked out, but we became friends ever since. Yeah, um, and she's she is uh, she's awesome. She's a great lady. You know, she, she worked, fucked up on Chopped. I think she cut her finger or something. Poor girl, I felt so bad for she, her, dude. Yeah, yeah, she did. She and, cut her finger, and then she, and the judges made like a big deal about it, like a like, huge deal. There's never blood in food, right? Yeah, there's never blood in food, and, and she no. was and she's like, "What do I do? What do I do?" And I'm like, "You own that shit." I'm like, yeah, you, you next time you go on, on TV, you bleed yeah, on it. You do, and next time you go on TV, you make like a blood orange vinaigrette. Like own it, have fun with it, make fun of it. So, so that's great. You, what, what is? I want to get into kind of your your restaurant and stuff a little bit later, but I, I really kind yeah, of yeah. want to find out where, how did, what, how did you end up in this world? You know, I just I started cooking when I was about five years old and just fell in love with it and cooked really all through college. And then when I left college or was leaving college, I said Where'd you to go my to school? dad, uh, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State, I'm a Buckeye. Oh, cool. So nice. as I'm as I'm getting close to graduating in my fifth year, you know, I said to my dad, I'm like, I want to go to culinary school. And I never forgot. He's like, what the fuck do you want to work? Well, everyone else is playing, you know, like a good Jewish dad, you know, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to do that. You know, you you. So I literally just like found a sales job. You know, I was graduating college and it happened to be in the printing industry. Um. And I was a uh, sales trainee making nothing at this local direct mail printing company. And, and you know, I'm a sale, I, you know, I am a good salesman and it really helps uh, in the front of the house of a, of a restaurant. But 
we can get back there later. But um, I started selling for this printing company, and I moved up. And next thing I know, I'm in the D.C. territory, and I'm you know staying in hotels and eating my way through when I should be doing sales calls and you know finding great food. And then you know I get the New York City territory, and and I'm moving my way up and at these you know these these uh, printing companies. And um, uh, I'm really I'm doing a ten year thing in a very short period of time. But then I work for a Canadian company right We're in Canada, we're in no hurry, dude. We're in no hurry. Oh, am I am I talking fast? No, no, you're doing great. Keep doing your stuff, oh, okay. man. Have fun with it. So, so, um, whatever. One thing leads to another. I meet a guy and I open my own company where I'm selling coffee table books and cookbooks and children's books in China. You know, it was a lot cheaper to print them there. We started our own company. We threw a little money on Google and said cheap printing in China. All of a sudden, you know, I'm, I find myself flying to Hong Kong and, and starting relationship with with vendors in South China. And at the same time, um, eating everything that I could find and learning to cook everything that I could find. And first of all, the food in Hong Kong is could be the best in the world. I mean, they had everything, um, you know, and at the same time, I have a, one of my largest clients is in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm going down there um, at least once a month and uh, I'm learning about barbecue and I'm tasting you know, the, what I think is still the best region in barbecue, which is Memphis. It's that dry rub thing, which really showcases the meat versus slopping, you know, sweet sauce all over everything. And, uh, I met, I met a guy and he started teaching me things and I brought that back to my backyard and bought a little smoker and came up with brines and sauces and dry rubs and all kinds of stuff. And, and, uh, before I know it, I, you know, I'm doing well in the printing company, came up with a little bit of cash and bought a little, uh, a guy wanted to get out of the business and was selling a, a barbecue restaurant in, in suburban PA. And, um, you know, at the same time I, I'm operating this printing company out of China. Um, I started a little, uh, a little, um, barbecue restaurant. Uh, and then I got a second barbecue restaurant and then, you know, one thing led to another and that's kind of how I got into this. Nice. I didn't know. I didn't know you had like spent time down there to do that. Oh yeah. What, yeah, what was, actually, and with when we get back into the bum me thing, you know, I I met a, a a little. She was actually a Cambodian lady who had this little Vietnamese sandwich hut in Hong in Kowloon, and, and she taught me some things, and and I took them back here, and I started running them at the Lucky Well. It's just that's kind of, you know, I, I I'm an experimental cook, and and you know, I usually fuck three things up before I get it right, but when I get it right, I get it right. Um, and that's how I learned to cook, and, and I never went to culinary school. And you know how it is, you know how it is, Brian. Like you can hire guys right out of culinary school. You either have it or you don't. You gotta you. It's a it's deep. It, it's it's a touch and a feel thing. You got to know when a pan's hot, and you got to know when you know when it's ready to sear something, and you got to know when it's ready to flip something. And and like you either have that or you don't. You can't be taught that. Do you agree with that? Oh, did I lose you? No, 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 no. You're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. I accidentally hit the mic. I hit the mute button because I had to cough. So I scared you. But but yeah. but here's yeah. – you're absolutely right. I mean I've met you know my chef right now in my place. The guy's named Theo Atkinson. He's never, he's never been school taught, but he's an organization guy. He's an operations guy, and he's got a great palate for food. You know, he knows things that are going to pair well together. And, you know, I'm not the easiest guy in the world to work for. I mean, especially when you're the chef in the restaurant – of another chef, 
It's not yeah. easy, you know, and right. I, I, it's a learning curve for me to be able to do that. But, but he is one of those guys who has that natural talent to do what it is that he does. And, you know, I mean, for, for you, I, I, what was, why barbecue? I mean, why is I just, that? It's, it, it's just, well, you know, back to like being an experimental cook or chef, like, there's, I don't think there's any cuisine that's as ex, that is as experimental as barbecue. I mean, you change one spice, you change one temperature, you change type of smoke, you change, you know, the way you're brining or what is in your brine. Things will change um, everything. I mean, it'll throw everything off, and that's what I love about it. I mean, that you could, you know, it's just when I started learning to do it, I did it in my backyard, and uh, it's first of all, it's fun. Yeah, you know it's a it's a fun thing and it's something you can have a couple drinks and fire up some <laughs> get cold outside and um, but I love the experimental aspect of it and I and I'm still doing that now you yeah. know I'm trying different spices and and you know combining different uh, cuisines to to and and things to make smoke and fire and I just uh, I love everything about it and I still do so so what you just got back from San Francisco uh huh. But you were playing with something about two or three weeks ago. You had a dish. Yeah. And there was a spice that was in that dish that I remember you posting about, you tweeted about it, you Instagram, whatever it was, it was on Facebook. What was that? I'm trying to Do you to remember? Think. I've been messing around with a bunch of spices. Um, it's something that I, I messed around with here. Yeah, you played it. You you played. I think it was like right, either right before. Oh you went yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a dish I tasted, and I'm probably going to say it wrong. Okay. Um, and it's an Ethiopian spice, uh, and I don't know if you're going to correct me or you don't know either, but it's I think it's called berber. Okay. And it's spelled B E R B E R E, and it was a um, a dish. Uh, that I tried at a bar in San Francisco. Exactly. It's an Ethiopian spice that right. um, was on chicken. Uh, it, that was usually it's got out. chili, peppers, cumin, garlic, coriander, ginger, basil, kariyama, rue, ajwain, radhuni, nigella, and fenugreek. You definitely just read that somewhere. That's just totally do that. got Google, man. I'm a genius. I'm a culinary <laughs> yeah, genius. I don't have, I don't have Google in, in the Ambler, but um, it was – it. So, so yes. Okay. You're bringing, you're bringing it back. So yeah. I tasted this dish and, and listen, I'm like, I, we've been, we've both been doing this a while and there's sometimes you find you a flavor. something still and it peaks on you. a menu and you're like, what? Yeah. Well, you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's, and that's something that I love about, about, you know, cooking and, and, you know, international cuisines is like, you don't really know what, you don't need to know what the fuck it is. No. Um, you just need to know it tastes great, you know? Now, and I think that's that's one of the reasons why you impress me as much as you do. Because one, you're not a you, you never went to culinary school, any of that stuff. What you've learned, especially from from once you opened your first place to where you are now, where you've got three restaurants. You know, yeah. you you really have taught yourself a tremendous amount, and it's all through playing. And so, so I yeah. guess here's here's a question for you: What when you opened your first spot in suburban PA, what what were you smoking with? Did you have a massive smoke, or were you still rolling with the backyard? No, we had a big J and uh, R, J and L. I forgot the name of the brand from Texas. I took it from the the last guy, and but it's funny now. I have a big, sophisticated, you know, Southern pride with you know it's gas fired and all that stuff. This thing was like a tank, but we we needed to start grease fires to actually 
get the fire pit going. We would, we would literally, we would take, we would take grease out of the fryer, throw it on, on cardboard and just get it fired up with a lighter. Um, it was the only way to really get this thing going. So it's, it, it's, and it would burn out throughout the night and you know, shit happens, but, um, no, it, it but that's was, where uh, your learning happens. That's where the learning happens. Exactly. Exactly. And um, now, now here's here's and I'm just going to keep interrupting you because that's kind of the fun way that I do things. Yeah. But but so what did you I mean, did you because I know like I've done stuff where I've made mistakes before and I'm like, well, holy shit. Maybe if I do do it a little slower, if I lower the temp at this point, it's going to change the outcome of that. What did, did you learn a lot of kind of what you're doing through those those trial and errors of the fire going out at night? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And also just just um, yeah, you mentioned trial and error. Some of my best things that I've ever done um, are from are from error. Like in my barbecue sauce that I make here, I there was one day I was actually heating up honey and I burnt the honey. And it was just like the – it sounds so easy, but the flavor of burnt honey is just incredible. So I rolled it into my barbecue sauce, and it's just one of the ingredients in my barbecue sauce now. But um, it's uh, – error works sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean I have a lot of dishes that I've played with that – you know, I, I mean even my, my spice alone, when I cook and I do you – know, I've got like my duffified spice. One of the things that I like to do is I love to sear with it. Because once it hits that pan and you get a little bit of caramelization on those spices, it changes the profile so much. So I'm a huge fan of, of trial I, and error. I once here at the Lucky Well, I never never forget this. We had a big street event um, in Ambler, and the plan was – so I do St. Louis cut ribs here. They're big, meaty ribs. I never do baby backs. So just people love baby backs everywhere, but they don't – personally, I don't think they tend to, to be a really true barbecue. It's really tough to do there. They're small. The bones are small. There's not enough fat on them. But I brought them in strictly for the street event because I thought we'd move them on the street. People were like, "Yeah, we got baby back ribs. My cooks left them in the smoker literally overnight and torched the shit out of them. They, they put them in with the briskets all night. So I get in, in the, I get in the morning and there's, you know, they're basically just like crispy bits of smoke dust. So I'm like, Shit, I have my prep guy in the back, take all the bones out. We chopped them up, we sauced them up, and we just caught it. We caught it like burn ends. You know what burn ends are brisket? Yeah, hell yeah. We called them burn ends. No one knew what the fuck they were. They were they were bur- burnt pork ribs, and we I actually, they were really smoky, really charred. We sliced fresh apples on them, and that was the first year we opened. I think we sold about 480 sandwiches, and I met, you know everyone was like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. You know, they wow. were literally burnt baby back ribs they were incredible i love fire i love charring things um i love searing things i love there's nothing like that flavor um of that you know that that i just i just love yeah well and those are some of the things that i like i, I mean i've made mistakes and, and with barbecue you can you can really take you can really fix a fucked up dish yeah, you can. I hate to say you can. You, can, you, you know, I mean, whether it be you're putting it on a sandwich or you know you're adding it into something fun like that. I mean, I've done stuff where I've done burn-ins with, you know, that I end up turning them into a chilled salad and 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 it, it works really well. You know, you do a heavier green, a romaine, or um, something like that with some arugula mixed into it. You can really have a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, in, in a you got to be you know in the barbecue world, and if you're not down south and you don't have lines around the block every single day, you got to really find creative ways to use 
things that are at the end of the day, like I can't, you know, there's certain things that hold really well that have a ton of fat, but we do smoke chickens here. And, and you know, you, you got to put them in a warmer and you got to keep them hot for service. At the end of the day, we make, I make brunch with stew. We make something called a dirty French onion soup, which has, and, and the dried out chicken actually works better than fatty chicken for a soup. I mean, there's, you got to come up with all these uh, creative ways to save fat and save you know, uh, make stocks out of things and, or, you know how it is in the restaurant world. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing about barbecue that's really, really difficult is that every single guy and some girls think they're the experts and they do it the best at home. So being in, in having now a restaurant where you're serving 300 people a night, 400 people of these guys that think their sauce is the they're best, the their brines are the best. You and should do really, this. It's so difficult because you know how it is. We can't just do what you do at home and pull a rib out of a smoker and feed it to you. It has to be held. It has to be held at the right temperature. It's got to be reheated. It's got to be charred. It's got to be seared. So it's it's um you got to get that right. You know. So and how how did that how long did it take you to figure that out? Oh my God! I mean, uh, not fast enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when you know the cost of of proteins like that. We we buy high quality meats. I mean, it's not. You know, I'm not buying crap. So. Yeah. You know, you can't you, you can't be afraid to sell out. So, you know, you, you just can't um, in in this atmosphere. And, and um, every once in a while, you get someone will be pissed off like, how the fuck do you have no brisket? Well, sit down. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why I have no brisket. <laughs> Come on over um, here for a minute. Let's chat. Yeah, do, do you have brisket? <laughs> you know, right. So, right. Uh, you know, you know how it is. So, so when was your when was your turn? When did you decide? You know, hey, I've got this little spot in suburban Pennsylvania, and now I'm going to buy the restaurant where Brian Duffy used to work. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I that's that's funny. You know, I had I had Rosie's um, in Jenkintown, and people love the food. I actually whole another story, but I brought a guy up that really knew what he was doing from Memphis. Um, to kind of run the daily operations while I was still doing my printing thing. And, um, you know, that never really works. The food was great. People loved it. The, the location was horrible. The shopping center was horrible. The landlord was horrible. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't making any money. We were selling just proteins. I had no bar. Um, and, you know, I'm running around like a, like a madman. And, and I decided, okay, I'm going to open a second one. You know, a little one in Ambler, which we're going to actually use the first one as a commissary, um, smoke all the meats there, and run stuff over. That made my life even worse, but people loved it. I became, it was just this little store. You walked in, we chopped brisket for you. You know, we, we chopped up ribs for you. We had a couple sides at the back table that ate cheese, and we did baked beans, you know, the, the usual suspects. Um, so one day I'm in my Jacobtown store and there was a young two young girls in there. All right. And they're ordering everything on the menu. And, you know, just like yourself, I think we have something that a lot of chefs don't, which is like somewhat of a front of the house personality where you want to get out beyond the kitchen, which is so important, especially when you have a shitload of seats. Um, and there's no one that can talk to your guests better than you. Um, so there's these two girls, they're ordering everything on the menu. These really thin girls from that didn't look like they'd be eating everything on the menu. So I went up there. I said, what are you guys doing? You're ordering a lot of food. Um, and just started bullshitting with them about the food. One thing leads to another. I get a letter in the mail um, from this girl saying she works for the Food Network. And um, she thinks I should try out for next Food Network star. 
So, or Food Network Star, whatever the hell it's called. One thing leads to another. You know, I'm at the Lowe's Hotel, and, uh, you know, my little brother was did some reality TV. He's like, listen, you need to have a drink. Make sure you have a whiskey before you go. So I think it was nine in the morning and I'm at like the hotel bar drinking like a uh, Jack on the rocks. And I go upstairs and I sit in front of this other younger girl and there's like 7,000 people with these like full chef coats on, you know, and I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in some like, I'm in some like uh, plaid shirt and um, all, bandana. You know, all, all whiskeyed up. I don't know if I have a bandana on at that time. But I I, uh, I sit in front of this girl. She starts talking to me. Thirty seconds she gives me. She sit, She slips me a little letter and she goes, "Don't open it till you get outside." I get outside. She's like, "You know, we want you to come back for a callback." So then, the next day, it was a callback where I had to bring in some type. Of, I had to do some type of presentation. I don't even remember what the hell it was. Oh, I think I was preparing ribs for a smoker. Like so fucking stupid. Like peeling the skin off the back of the ribs and rubbing the ribs. And uh, answering a couple questions. And then next thing I know, I get a letter in the mail a month later. They want to fly me to Atlanta to, to cook in front of Alton Brown. So I said, all right, I'll you know, fly down there. So I fly down there and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm teaching Alton Brown, this was part of the casting, how to make bananas foster. I, I, first of all, I have no fucking idea how to do it. And um, I think I just made a bunch of Jewish jokes. And, uh, you know, is he a part of the tribe? He is definitely not. Not um, a member of the tribe. He's a funny fucking dude. And then that's it. I get a letter in the mail two months later that I'm the alternate. They pick 15 people. I'm number 16. So, uh, you know, if someone gets sick or breaks an ankle, I'm in. So whatever. I go back into the real world. I do what I do. Next year, they call me back. And, I, you know, they they cast me on the show. At the same time, restaurants not, not making money. I'm trying to sell it. I sell the restaurant. I close the Ambler store. Um, my parents happened to be in real estate out this way, and they knew I was looking for a, a bigger place where I can really showcase my barbecue and have a full bar. Um, and I happened to have a guy who loves my stuff and wanted to partner with me. Um, we ended up buying the building, buying the liquor license, and during that they can't you know we're knocking the shanaki apart which is the old irish pub and you work there and i'm out in la for two months shooting food network star um and uh one thing leads to another now i got the lucky well we're going on four years um people love it yeah uh they, they it's, love it's, the food. Dude, it's such a they, great spot though the whole vibe of it just because you know what's the cool thing about it is one it's a barbecue space but it's not that industrial down south, down and dirty spot that you have. Your place is done really well. It's very, very classy. You know, from the it back bar to the dining room. I love the barn doors that go into the back private dining area that cuts it off. And you did a nice job, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we and I took basically, you know, took a bunch of places that I fell in love with. You know, I I looked at a bar in Brooklyn that I love, took some pictures, and we kind of mocked that bar and you know the communal tables in our bar area and. Um, you know, we had some struggles in the beginning because, like you said, it's classy looking. So yeah. people expect a certain service level, and and sure. it, it's a it's a it's a it's um and we have it really, really well right now. We're making money, and I'm so happy. My staff's great. Uh, the food is fantastic. The bar, I have probably the most whiskeys anywhere in Montgomery County. We got a great, great craft cocktail program. Um, but in the beginning, it was like it, it was that push between. 
being being gritty enough to be a barbecue joint, but being classy enough where you feel like, you know, you can bring your wife. You can bring your wife. So it was it was tough because some people come in and and they don't get why I'm serving ribs on a on a quarter tray, um, and uh, and why there's you know stools on the seats and and the the but but um, they figured it out. I just kicked them all the fuck out and told them not to come back. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you got to do it, man. So yeah, you know I had yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'm interrupting you. I was going to mention the the Yelp. We we're going. I was going to get into Yelp and start yelling, but oh, please eh. do, dude. Please, I we let's talk about Yelp for a little bit. Go ahead. I got other questions, but but you go ahead with Yelp. Start it off. So, you know, I used to have on my wall. You can probably find it on my Instagram. We, we never forgot. You know, I really. I want to keep the barbecue super uh, traditional here. I'm not going to chop a bunch of sauce into shit and chop brisket. So brisket has fat. It has a shitload of fat. You need that fat to to cook it properly. I mean, we're cooking 15 hours overnight. So if you don't say you want it sliced lean from the from the flat of the brisket, or you're going to get a, you could get tons of fat. Let me tell you something. The fat the fat is delicious. I, I could drink it. I never forgot one lady. Uh, I get a Yelp review and we just opened that says, I will never go back. There was fat on my brisket. So we put the quote on the wall. You know, I have that big chalkboard wall and it said, our brisket is fatty, says some lady on Yelp. <laughs> yeah. It turned out, you know, it turned out to be my mom's like good friend. Oh no. Found out about it. She came in and had a talk with me. I took it down since, but it was just a, it was great. So let's talk about Yelp. I, I think Yelp, First of all, I think it's for people that have nothing to do after dinner. Assholes. Right? Like, I've had, I've been out to tables, and I don't have a bad Yelp. It's fine. But it is just – it is the, the most ridiculous site ever. And unfortunately, people use it. They pay attention. I mean, people use it. And I had a lady standing outside. We, we don't open for lunch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I literally had two ladies outside of my door today. I was inside doing paperwork on the Yelp app like looking where to eat and it's you know it's a shame because um i don't know i just think there's better ways you know like like you know i actually i like open table reviews because and i don't know if you use it for reservations or not but at least you know that there were confirmed diners and you're in the restaurant and they actually checked in for the reservation and they can make a review versus the guy across the street sure. or some guy who hates Brian Duffy because he's on TV or he's exactly. got Exactly. Cool you know what I mean? Like it's, there should be a, there's gotta be a verification process to it. Um, well, there's not. And that's the problem. You know I mean? You look at yeah. these and now we have elite Yelpers who the more that they promote, you know, they end up getting invited to things. They get rewards for stuff. So the more you review, the more, you I get think they get out. free breads. They get free breadsticks at Olive Garden. I heard. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm elite, gonna go there. Elite Yelpers. Elite Yelpers. Nice. Well, did free, you hear about? Did yeah. you hear about the restaurant that had uh, the worst? This restaurant wants to be the worst graded on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> and what the I, guy I, did? I, did I you did. hear about That's this? Great. No, but it's great. Dude, it's awesome. So it's called Bodo Bistro. It's an Italian restaurant in San Francisco, and they're vying right. for the worst Yelp rating in the Bay Area. Now, this is pretty old. <laughs> this is this is 2014. But, and what um, are they doing to achieve that? So what they're, they're giving 25% off if you give a horrible Yelp. 
If you hate us on Yelp and get 25% off any pizza for your one-star review. Well, people got so unbelievably creative. So here's Christine W. from Corona, California. Yeah, let me hear it. My experience at this restaurant lasted for about two seconds. I went in. I asked them if they have meatballs. The waiter smirked at me and yelled, you can meet these balls, and proceeded by flipping the table in front of him. One star because I never got those meatballs. This place doesn't deliver on what they offer. Uh, so good. Then here's another one. Uh, we don't have ice. We don't have butter. You know what else they have failed to add to that list? Walked in today to find they don't, they don't carry the iPhone 6 Plus. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> don't, don't try the pizza. It's so good. You will come back every day. It completely ruined my social life because each night I only want to go there. So, the, so good. These people, and every single one of these is, is just horrible. I ordered meatballs and they were served upside down. I asked for a fork to try to eat them anyhow and was given a left handed fork, even though I'm right handed. As I struggled to eat, I was brought bread that was inside out. I didn't complain, but the owner overheard us talking, was pissed, and got sideways with me. The whole meal was very disorienting. <laughs> so good. Now, it's you, the, so there's a lot of restaurant guys that, so there's, there's a couple tactics that I've seen. All right. Um, there's the there's the restaurants or the owners or the chef or whatever that will respond. And, and it's it's the nice response. The thank you for the review. We appreciate your feedback. Please come Please in. Come back. Or just ignore it. OK. Or there's what I do. And you could probably look at some of my responses that you would love. Um, I go right the fuck back at them. Yeah. If, if listen there, are, you know how it is as a restaurant guy. There's always something that's going to go wrong, and there's always something to apologize about that's an honest mistake, or you're slammed and the food took forever, or your server was drunk, or these things are real and that are ha- and that happen, and that you just you need to suck it up and make sure that it does not happen as a restaurant tour. But yeah. there's also total asshole customers that you need to just let them know. Like yeah. you need to you need to fire them and say, don't come back. You know, you're not welcome. I'm going to give you a one star review. And this is why. And I've done a few of those. I don't make it. You know, I, I, I do it yeah, once. I remember months. seeing you in my bar and I know exactly what it is that you did to get to this point. You know, I've had yeah, those. Exactly. I, and, and I want to say stuff in it. You know what? <clears throat> it, it's tough. It is tough. I mean, I've got a guy right here. I'm reading one right now that I just got when we first opened our place. They had uh, the construction. The, the HVAC guys had had inverted our return and our makeup air. So yeah. my air that was on my line, my makeup or my return air, my makeup air was actually blowing on my front window on the pass, which for me, it's 22 feet long. Thanks so for coming in, man. We'll talk soon. I've Thank got, um, I, by the way, everybody, Chad's actually in his restaurant working while he's doing this uh, chat with yeah, me. Yeah, sorry. So, People no, are man, like, that's oh, what we do. We multitask. Oh, look, look at the chef. He just sits and drinks whiskey on a chair with a, with a, with a, a cheap microphone. Let me ask, are, you, are, are your legs crossed and are you sitting back with an elbow over? How the fuck do you know that? Because <laughs> I fucking hang out with you, dude. I know exactly oh what God. you look like right now. Wait, so. hold on. I want to I want to turn my my. All right. Turn your mic. Turn your turn. I think uh, this is exactly video. how I'm sitting. Hold on. I know it is. Oh, wait, there's my arm. It's hold up. on. Hold what on. Just, hold what on. What just happened? Hold on, let me do this. I got you. You're going to show up any second. I still, you can't still, still can't see me. Either. You got to turn your. You're uh, a little. You're a little. Uh, what do I have to do? You got to turn. You got to hit your your video. I did. Hit it again. Hit it again. Do you hey, see that? No, you're coming. Up. Now, no, no you I got nothing. Me? Don't worry about it. We're good. 
It's really not even that interesting. But my legs are crossed. But it was funny because I can see you sitting there doing that. The window, yeah. you got a whiskey in your hand. You kind of got the thing, and you're just looking out at the crowd. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking around at like staff, like <laughs> not working, so, thinking everything that could be done. So I, I, my, my my little Yelp thing, I have I have a guy right here who said, um, even last night I ordered a burger and fries, which should be a no-brainer. The fries didn't show until long after I finished the burger, which, by the way, arrived cold. And right. save your breath if Duffy, the chef, asks for your opinion. He only wants to hear it if it's praising the food, which I can't imagine happens all that uh, that often. Well, oh, and the funny that's part someone about that, that has it out for you. I mean, you but, know it. And anybody who knows me knows that I am not pretentious. I, I mean, and if I am, you know, dude, tell me. I would, you know, if you said, hey, Brian, I think you're kind of a dick because you're a dick, then, you know, at least I know that that's something that I'm doing. But when it comes to my guests that are walking in the restaurant, like I genuinely, I genuinely care about them. They're paying my bills, man. You know, that's what it exactly. comes down to. Yep. I don't just push 100%. people off. If you're going to be an asshole, like I had one guy one night who came up to me and said it was the absolute worst meal that I've ever had in my entire life. I hope you fail. And I said, hey, brother, hey, I appreciate that. I have something now to work towards to be better at my job. And he's like, don't be an asshole to me and don't be condescending to me. Oh, and God, I said, you know people. what, buddy? I said, you just told me that what you had was the worst fucking meal that you've ever had. I said, so do me a favor. Go back downstairs, sit next to my employee who works here for me and you're his uncle. Okay, sit back down and shut the fuck up. Like I I had to kind of say it to him, but he stopped and he turned around and looked at me and said, I've never had anybody speak to me that way. Thanks, dude. Have a good night. Isn't it horrible? Like a lot. It's funny being doing what we do. um, You know, I went to fine art school and and one thing that, you know, you learn in fine art school is you you get critiqued. And I've learned, you know, it it kind of goes hand in hand with. We get critiqued by a shitload of people every yeah, single every night. Single and what, what I think I do well, and I can tell that you do it well too, and a lot of people and chefs don't do well, is I can look out my restaurant, and I, and I know you have you have this too, and you can see uh, from a mile away that table number 52 needs to see someone, or yes. this guy's happy, he's liking Ugh. something, or there's something little off, or... This guy, he has 30 minutes. He doesn't want to fucking talk to anyone. He just nope. loves his sandwich and wants to get the hell out of here. Yeah. You, you've been to that place where, you know, there's a guy that just doesn't get those those social cues, which are so important uh, in a restaurant. And it's very it's, – it's, and I know you have that, and that's not an easy thing to have. Like that's – like you don't learn that in culinary school or in any school. It's, it's a it's – a, I just call it that thing. You know, and and um, you know how it is. You have people in your restaurant; they want to see you, and they want to see an owner or the chef. Yeah. And then you have you have um, people that just don't want to talk. And there's I can even tell, and you have seen this too. How many times have you seen a guy and a girl on a date, or a guy and a guy, or a girl and a girl, whatever, that um, literally don't say a word to each other, and they're so, and and I know if it's a problem with the meal or they're just in, I can't believe how many people go out to eat in a fight. It's incredible. Oh my God. I know. Do you see that the whole too? Vibe. Everybody around you is in a pissed off mood then. <laughs> it's it's like, crazy. Oh my God. They literally hate each other. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it's incredible. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think, I don't know. We, we we have we have an opportunity to create to create an experience on every single op, every single guest that walks through the front door, and this is what I try to get my staff to understand that we need to be like an oasis. 
We've got to be a place where people can go where they can just feel fun and they can feel free. And that's why I don't want a fine dining restaurant. I don't want white tablecloths. I like my paper napkins. You yeah, know, so I like I. my plates. I like my red napkin holders with the shitty napkins that you can't eat with a wing on them. You know, because they just rip apart in your hand and they get stuck and all the other stuff. Which, by the way, anybody who's coming to the Flying Fish, yes, I'm working on getting a new napkin, but I fucking love that napkin. So, so it is so it's so true. It's so true that every like, and I try to every person that walks in the door is spending their free time exactly. and a little bit of their money. At your place. At well, you know what? And you know what my favorite is? Oh, I have another fucking to-go order. I can't believe this. Really? Oh, my This person God. sat at their house and thought about us enough that they wanted to get out of their chair, come down here, pick up our food, and leave. It costs me less to put it in a to-go container than it does to have somebody wait on that person. And right. you're going to get pissed exactly. off about it? Come on. Yeah, it's, for, it's incredible. For me, it's, it's, incredible. So, it's so much about culture with our staff. And, 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 I'm, and I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with it right now in my place really getting people to understand the culture of what we believe in. Because I think you and I are pretty similar. We're very casual guys. We're casual guys. We love a fucking hat. We love a t-shirt. And for God's sakes, I can't wait to take the top off the Jeep. You know, we're, we're, yeah, we're similar it, in it, that way. You know what else I have problems with still? And we're going on four years. It's And you, you probably have the same thing. So, you know, we, we both have places that turn into bars and live music places late at night. And Let's like for example, my kitchen closes at ten thirty. It's always that last half hour of food service that you know where the restaurant's not that busy anymore, but there's always someone that wants to come out late. Right. It's the kitchen lets their guard down, the front of the house lets their guard down because it turns into more of a bar club than than a restaurant, and it's always it's always that second to last table. Like I always try to stress, it's just as important as. You know that seven thirty seating, like you gotta, you gotta close strong. It's it's so important because yeah. you know they're the people that are gonna, you know, slam. They're, they're you on Yelp. For, they're definitely on Yelp. I showed up on a Friday night and the kitchen wasn't ready for me. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, for me, it's it, it's it comes so much into with my staff and, and you know my staff is is they're on edge. I mean, they're a little bit they're they're worried. You know, I mean, because I'm not a normal restaurant owner. I'm very casual, but I have certain things that I require. I require a smile no matter what it is. I require my hostess to communicate with you as you're walking to. You're, you're, break, you're breaking up a little on me. Could, could Still it be there? because Michael Jackson is screaming into the microphone? Oh, my bad. Oh, you can hear that? You can hear that? Dude, awesome. Yeah, I got great headphones, man. Uh, cool. um, you did it to 400 bucks. For me, it's so much with my staff. I want everybody to calm down. I want them to relax and yeah. I want them to have fun. I'm not pretentious. The only thing I don't want, I don't want somebody with a with a face piercing in your tongue or your lip or your cheek or your eyebrow serving me. And I don't want a face tattoo. And you and I are both tattoo guys, so you know we get that. But and yeah, that's I'm just it. Too, I'm too pretty to, to get a face tattoo. Oh, you can't, my mom dude, told me. <laughs> my mother said as long as you never get the word mom tattooed on you, I'm fine. <laughs> she still called me an asshole when she saw my uh, tattoo on Facebook. But I haven't seen. I saw it on Facebook too. That's a that's a serious one. Where was yeah. that? By the way, uh, on that's body. on my left inside bicep. Your left inside. So it's the bicep. inside of my Got arm. It. So it's that really super tender baby yes. ass skin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down for four and a half hours with a thirty-two year old guy scraping at your arm. Oy. Yeah, wasn't fun. But but he's a great artist, and I can't wait to get back down there and have him do another piece for me. But but 
Where was that at? What city were you in? Ybor City, Florida, right outside of yeah, Tampa. I know Ybor City. That's where the cigars happen, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. We got to travel together because we have fun when we go out. Well, you know, Tome Shopping Network is in Tampa. It's in, um, uh, not Clearwater. What's the other one? St. Pete's. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be uh, starting my, pro- my um, uh, product line in uh, late April. So I'll be going down there a lot. Okay. So, so talk to me about your line. What is it? Yeah, so uh, it's really interesting. Like, you know, I've done a lot of TV. I'm still doing more TV. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, we work our asses off. And, you know, we work crazy hours. And we don't see our family. And, like, eventually you got to make money doing what you love. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like when Mark Vetri sold out to Urban Outfitters. Everyone was like, he's such a sellout. I'm like, what are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. It's, great. it's like it's the greatest thing ever. And he you still know? kept like, his baby, though. That was the key. He, he kept his baby, what he loves to do, and he made millions of dollars selling his his pizza concept. Like people are people are ridiculous. You know, he's a sellout. Okay, so um, I can't wait to be called a sellout. But uh, yeah, I'm cool with it. So you know, I have the TV experience, and um, I found a way to kind of bring a product to Home Shopping Network, which happens to be just. The whole thing with Home Shopping Network, which is really weird, the demographic is 95% women between 47 and 68 years old. So it's like, it's like, you know, it's a weird thing for me. I'm selling, you know, dry rub ribs to, to uh, that age group with <laughs> yeah. Yeah. women. But um, so whatever, we tried it. And, and instead of selling what a lot of people sell on Home Shopping Network, which are cooked products, so fully cooked ribs and stuff, I decided, you know, let's, let's put together some things that are great that we could teach them to cook. One was the ribs where you just pop them in your oven and now, uh, they worked really well and, and, um, they liked me and they liked the way, you know, that I was on TV and we're going to put together a whole product line. It's going to be called the lucky well, and it's going to be easy to cook things. We're doing a brisket. We're, we're calling it an umami burger, but it's just a brisket mushroom burger. And we're doing a, uh, an easy to cook ribeye and we're doing a, um, God, what else? Are, what am I doing? I'm brisket meatballs, and we're doing pulled brisket. And we're, so we're basically putting together an easy barbecue line that you can cook at home um, with my dry rub and things like that. And we're gonna we're gonna sell it on Home Shopping Network, and uh, hopefully it goes well. That's cool, man. I love it. I, I, when you when you first started talking about it and posting about it, I was super. I mean, I'm proud of you, no matter what you do. That was fucking well, awesome. Thanks, dude. Man. I mean, dude, right now you got to understand, you got three properties that you're running. You know, you yeah. got you got the you got Lucky Well, which is for anybody. We talked about it for a brief second. So, uh, the Lucky Well used to be called the Shanaki, which was an Irish pub where I kind of got a lot of notoriety for Irish yeah. food. Um, I you know, still have your original paper, your newspaper article <laughs> that was that was glued and uh, and and epoxied and uh, bondoed to the wall yes, of your correct. of your front Bondo. wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I got a lot of that, that. There's a there's a there's a lot of great history in that building. You know, from burped. when we were there. Did you hear I mean, me burp? I just burped right into the thing. Do you hear it? Uh, I got gotcha. you. No, it wasn't as good as that. But no. All right. You got whiskey burps. So, but it, you know, I mean, that property, that property gave me a lot of accolades. I really enjoyed being there. So there's a lot of luck in that property. So it was kind of funny and I'm a spiritual dude and all that. But the fact that you called it lucky. Well, I thought that was really cool. And we're, so we're, what was the name? Where did the name lucky? Well, come from? Well, so there is, or was, and I didn't know it, but down the street, in it happened to be an Ambler address, but it was in Lower Gwinnett or, or Springhouse, <clears throat> an old motel called the Lucky Well Motel, and um, 
by the way, remind me to talk to you about opening a motel with you. Okay. Not even kidding. Doors like that open. Small Doors that boutique. open. Okay. Yeah, well, do, you go right, pull up to your room. Think of an old free HBO motel, but with a freaking free killer HBO. restaurant. Dude, what a great bar. way! What a great way to describe that. An old free HBO motel. I love it. You know, you know what I'm talking I about. Totally. So, um, there was a motel called the Lucky Well Motel in Ambler, and we found an old postcard. Um, and uh, we're like, we're trying to think of a name, and all I wanted to do was open a barbecue restaurant with not the typical barbecue name, which is usually like somebody's grandmama or like a pig or a fat this or, you know, smoking this or like, you know, you know, you know, they're all named the same shit. So I'm like, I want something totally. I feel like if it was just like, you know, Johnny's fat ass barbecue, you can only get half of the suburban customers. We needed to class it up a little. And I like that name Lucky Well. And it was lucky. And it kind of it was it used to be an old Irish pub and, and uh, it just worked. So it, it stuck. That's cool, man. I like it. We yeah. like I said, you did an awesome job with it. And you know, I, one of the things when I was there, we, we we never wanted to have Irish Disneyland as we called it. Um, you know, which was the tilted kilts and the and the uh, uh, you know the Tiernan Oaks and the and the Kildares yeah. of the world. And and I I was at the I was at the Shanaki for three and a half, almost four years. And I left to go and become the corporate exec for Kildare's, which was, the, you know, the, the, which was, and they were like, they were pissed off. I mean, the owners were pretty pissed, but. Well, was, listen, if it makes you feel any better. So being the new guy, so the Shanaki closed, we bought the building, started building this place. And nine months later, we opened the Lucky Wall. So tons of the old Shanaki Irish, you know, pub fans would come out and be like, whoa, what's this? And, and. Every, honestly, 90% of what I heard, and I've told you this before, was, you know, the food was really good the first, like, three years, and then it just went downhill and downhill and downhill, and that's, you know, obviously was you, and uh, I don't know who came after you. It doesn't even matter, but, um, you know, that's got to make you feel good. Yeah. I mean, not, that it, not that it went downhill, but. Dude, I was I, I have to say, I, I, for a period there, I really felt that, that that was one of my most creative phases. I just, you know, you, it's hard to make Irish food good ever. Well, for me, you're no, you're absolutely right, dude. I mean, you're you're 100. Everybody's got that boiled world and stews and and that sort of stuff. But what a lot of people don't realize is that Ireland is a goddamn island. Yes, you know, correct. there's so much indigenous fish and 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 product that comes out of there. So for me, when they first had contacted me and said, "Hey, what do you, you know, what?" Will you be the chef? And I said, first and foremost, well, do you want corned beef and cabbage on the menu? And they said, no. And I said, great, then we can move forward. Then we can move yeah. forward. And I spent six months really researching. And I just had – I had so much fun, dude. It was just such a great opportunity. And, and when I left to go to Kildare's and then I had to deal with that fancy world that I lived in, um, you know, bill paying and all the other it's, stuff, it, it, well, it, it's it got crazy. Well, I still don't even know – to this day, I still get Jerry and what's the other guy? Tim, not Tim. Jerry Ed, and uh, Ed. Ed's mail. I still have to this day, and people ask me about them all the time. Have never met them. They're they were they're very good guys. Jerry is a, you know Jerry was a wonderful man, and and he was he was a he was a traveling musician. He was the Shanaki. Right. He was right. the storyteller, and right. um and Ed was the lawyer. And Ed was kind of you know he he was he had a vision. Hey Brian, his, ho- Brian, yeah. hold on one sec. How are you? Good. I want some weird Skype with some weird chef out in the middle of the country. <laughs> but I appreciate the takeout. Thanks. Hey, how are you? Speaking of a takeout. Yeah, really, exactly. I'm oh, with you now. Shit, I dropped something. Uh, all right, so uh, you know, and Ed, so they had a, they had a falling out from literally. I'm not kidding you, dude. Three. 
three weeks. Three weeks after opening, they had a falling out where they stopped talking to each other. I was there for four fucking I, years, dude. I, I heard they had some, you know, battles. And well, they didn't really love each I'll other. I'll tell you exactly what it was. I'll tell you exactly what it was, and I don't care who hears it. I was there that night. I watched it happen. Jerry was playing up on stage. The music was exceptionally loud. <clears throat> the hostess happened to be his fiance. Somebody walked up and said, could you guys please do me a favor and turn the music down? We can't actually hear what he's even singing. And the woman looked at him and said, the only reason you're here right now is to hear him sing. Go back to your seat and sit down. Oh, Jesus. And Ed happened to be standing right next to her. And I remember the conversation. He went up to Jerry and he's like, I don't want her in the restaurant anymore. She can't work. Yeah. And it literally kind of fucked up their plans. So, so a business decision between friends ended a friendship uh it, it was it was pretty bad i remember you know i mean because i was i was the i was the stepchild or i was the divorced child at that point i was having to deal with both of them fighting so that's crazy oh it was horrible it was horrible but um so so i want to i want to talk to you real quick about uh the other night i met you at jerseys oh my god what a crazy what a what a okay let's talk about that dude what a, first off what a great bar it is a great bar. What a great bar. Um, and, and I don't think they even realize. So I'll tell you what that place is. So it's, it's um, you know, I, that might have been the second time that I was ever there with, with you. Um, but it's known in that area as being like it's the only place that has late night food. And the pizza is actually really, really good. Dude, the fucking um, menu has like 70 items on it. You know, 70, 70 my items and they're all the same thing. And they're all so, and, and it's Cisco literally walked in and said, hey, yo, we'll print your menus for you if you let yeah, us do yeah, it for totally. Like, you know, it's like, funny. They, they have a thing called <laughs> chocolate lava uh, cake or whatever. I remember asking the bartender, like, what is that? And she was like, uh, don't get it. We just microwave like this chocolate lava thing. I'm like, what? So, so but that but when you said to me, all right, let's meet up just at a dive bar. It's going to be great. So I'm like, yeah, eh, let's, let's go to Jersey's. That, it's, but it's, uh, I can go into the city and I can sit and hang out and have all the fun. But there's, you want to meet the greatest people? Go to a dive bar, man. Go to a dive bar in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and you and the Flyers won. So the shit that was happening because the Flyers won, the girls were shit faced. The guys were drunk as shit. The guy in the wheelchair. How about the guy in the wheelchair? Everybody oh kept trying God, to sit. Oh my God! Did he? Dude, he literally lifted himself up uh-huh. onto the chair next to you, and I think you made him cry. <laughs> he looked at you. First of all, he didn't give a shit who I was. He yeah. looked at you and said, oh, my God, are, are you him? Are you him? And I'm like, and, and I, you know, listen, yeah, when I go I out with you, I don't – I guess you're a lot more famous than – I'm a chef, and I work all the time, and I don't watch TV, so I don't know who the hell you are. You're just my buddy. Right. He literally – he – he definitely he cried or peed in his pants, one or the other, and I don't know which one it was. <laughs> well, and while you were making fun of me during that time frame, I was watching the girl behind him who sat in the wheelchair and fell over. Oh my god, that did happen. <laughs> that did happen. Oh my and, god. And and you know, and the whole and the, the worst part for me was that I was sitting there and I wanted to keep drinking, dude. I could have stayed there for the rest of the night. Did she we both needed to leave for obvious reasons, but did yeah. she I think she fell backwards and hit her head against the wall. Did against that the wall. Happen. And then some guy like picked her up. Thank you. And got, hold on one sec, Brian. Yeah, man. I want some weird. I, thanks so much. We haven't been here in so long, but we met you when you first 
open. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah. I don't usually see now you're getting me in trouble again. I know. I don't usually sit on a chair with a whiskey uh, <laughs> on a Skype, but I'm I'm doing some Skype thing for some Talk chef out in the middle. Say something of the, really where are you? nice to the wife. Say something really like nice some, to the wife. Like big Irish crazy <laughs> chef. Oh, Hit so on his on. wife. Hit on the wife. I cannot do that. But um. <laughs> Thanks. Isn't it the greatest burger? Listen to that. The greatest yes, burger. burger can you hear this? this I needs can to listen be... to everything. Oh, he can hear you. We did a burger challenge in Philly. I'm from New Orleans. So I'm oh, cool. New Orleans like is awesome. Is she hot? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes, she is. We've tried hamburgers all over. I even have it on. I have a little list. And look, I have the date. My when we cell phone. Tell her to come oh, see me. Yeah. And I can't now. And <laughs> he hears. Yeah. You. Your burger is. I wish you know what it is. It's super. It's super simple. I get it from Pat Lafreda. It's brisket, short rib, and chuck, and it's just we just grill it. And it's just really, it's really good meat. That's why yours is three or four bucks more than other. It's a little bit more. I wish. Is this guy great or what? We need to like get him at all our restaurants. By the way, you can find Shad Rose with all the lucky well. Yeah, but I appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Where, you guys live around here? Or? We live in uh, Chestnut Hill. Chestnut yeah. Hill. I like yeah, Chestnut Hill. I told you that our second paper was Goat Hollow. I don't know. We were talking to you about Goat Hollow. I do. One Had, afternoon, we were here for lunch. Goat Hollow. So Paul, my bartender back there, uh, little ball guy back there, yeah. He, I met him at the Goat Hollow. Okay. Is it still there? Yeah. Cool. Have you ever been to Jersey's? The, the new Goat Hollow, right? They've never been to Jersey's. <laughs> it's a total dive bar, like between Chestnut Hill. Tell them to meet us at Jersey's. Toey's Tavern is near us. What is? Toey's Tavern. I've heard of Toey's. I've, I've been heard to that. Toey's. It's, like it's a great bar. You've been to Toey's in Chestnut yeah, Hill? I love it. Yeah. I, we've never been yet. It's like around the corner. So Toey's has pool tables in the back. Right. It's super smoky. And they, they still have smoking in it. I don't know. I haven't been there in like four years. Okay. Um, you don't want to go. No, I, I love Chestnut Hill, though. Yeah, it's great. yeah, yeah we like it. We like it. There's, um, <laughs> I would love to open something there if it wasn't so expensive. Right. But you've got the two yeah. Vietnamese, the Vietnamese sandwich shops. And we actually looked. We looked. Am I boring the crap out of you? No, no, no. Dude, keep thing? going. Okay. Keep going. Do this. Do this. Do this. There's a Vietnamese sandwich. You know my Vietnamese sandwich shop. So I open yeah, one up. This is the one Peter Chef Okay, so there's one in Roslyn. And if you want, I can meet you at Jersey's. It's in the middle of Chestnut Hill and Roslyn. But I have another one up here. But we looked at the, you know, next to Starbucks in Chestnut Hill, there's the old soft pretzel place. Yeah. It would have been a perfect bun me store. But he wanted like nine grand a month, and like you can't sell enough soft pretzels or bagels or. Chad also has a bun shop. Yeah, it's like you know. So. Um, That's what everybody tells us anyway. We have never dealt with it. It's expensive. It's like, uh, you know, and. Chestnut Hills, like you know, it's great. I would love it. It's just like right. The one guy owns everything. Right. Or rich guys' wives have a shop. Listening to Chad talk to guests. He's got a whiskey in his hand. He's the most interesting shop along there. He owns, and they're all empty, and they've been empty for a long time. It's just too much money. It's that easy. Like it's really that easy. Yeah. Anyway, it's just such a shame because you can get some really good stuff in there. Come by. The one here is a little more inviting. Stop by the Flying Fish Craft House. Get a burger. The yeah. Have you ever been? You ever go downtown at all? You should go to the fly. If you like burgers, go to the Flying Fish Craft House. It's in Brewery Town. Okay. Uh, chef's name Brian Duffy. He's awesome. He used to be a chef here. Right. Um, he does some TV stuff, and I don't know if you watch Bar Rescue or any of that stuff. That nah, doesn't matter. You don't watch TV? I don't either. Neither do I. I'm not a TV person either. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
but he is a great burger. Hey, what was the burger, the one that burnt, burnt the crap out of my mouth? <laughs> the uh, She's Crafty Burger. Oh, the Hot Spade. You, you actually do a burger challenge? Well, just in on her phone. I mean, we go, you know, the price of it. Wait, you have an app on it, or it's on like your no, notepad? No, no, no. no it's, it's a notepad. Notes. It's Tell her, tell her to send me the list. We should go and do it. We need the list. We, you know, what we need to do, Brian. We need the list. We need the list. And we'll document the whole I thing. Mean, it's not that. Uh, it's not that We need to write a show about her list and just but, hit all these spots. Yeah. What's her name? It would be fun. I don't know. I'm gonna find really out. Really do it extensively in Philadelphia. I think. Yeah. Because I think you would be number. Philadelphia Magazine had best burgers, and I'd never been to any of the places. Ask her if she's yeah. on Twitter or Instagram. So, you know, maybe yeah. We well, there's a problem with that. Oh the, yeah. Um, I'll tell you in a sec, but you can do something Perfect. about that. Are you on Instagram or anything? Um, my, my business is. What's your yeah. business? Uh, Ransom and Gwyn. I can give you a card. Ransom and Gwyn. It's a uh, law firm. No, it sounds like it. It's yeah, vintage men's clothing. Vintage men's clothing? Really? Yes. I want to talk to him. Yo, yo, I we need to chat. To too. Yeah. So this guy is another like. I just want a pair of great TV fucking red guy. wings, man. Oh. We need to talk to this guy. You guys yeah. You're a TV chef guy? We both do some TV stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, hey, Bri, I'm going to get. Um, I'm going to get this guy. Yeah, get his info. I want to go check Martin, his stuff Martin out. Martin Murphy, owner. Where's the store at? Um, it's just online on eBay. Where I've do you manufacture this stuff in it recently, so the stock is a little low, but we've got some cool stuff in there still. Did you watch this? So this is watches? No, I don't do any watches. Well, Damn it. You did have a watch. I had a, I had a, I had, yeah, but that was a one off pocket watch in 1792. I'm going to, um, you know what we need to do, Brian? We need to get that list. I want the list. Awesome. But what we have to do is we got to go in and see his place. March 23rd, 2014. Say it again. We got to go into his. What is that? That's when we came to. That's That's when we came here. Get out of here. Now, let me tell you something. I changed my burger briefly. I know. Now I'm reading. We're actually listening to Chad talk to guests in the restaurant who are blowing him up right now about yes. And I I also had a lamb burger at one time, but now we've been stuck with this burger for. This is the one. We've been stuck with the greatest burger ever. With spice. And the meat was excellent. Smoky flavor. Wow. $14. We both rated it a nine. Shit. Yeah, so you wanna know you wanna know what the smoky flavor is? I'll tell you what the smoky flavor is. Every rib that comes out of my smoker hits that same grill that the burger's on. Yeah. And there's just a lot of smoky, awesome yeah. fat on it's that like grill. On oh, that's all grill. it is. You know? Yeah. Fuck the grill. yeah. Hit the grill. Tap that ass. Well, I mean, it we fit into it, we were like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's why it's the oh, best. cool! So this is actually better than that burger. Nice. Yeah, well, we gotta get. Yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna get this list, Brian. Yeah, I want the list, and then we're gonna go. But we're gonna get the list. Yeah, Tell him we'll get the list when we come into his shop. It didn't have the lettuce, and well, like, he doesn't have a shop. He does it all online. Oh, all online. All online. All right. But we'll write him. You have an Instagram? Yeah. He has an Instagram account. We'll find it. All right. Yeah. You got to get his information. You can find it through the website. Will do. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. One last thing. Yeah, one last thing. Yeah. Um, I told him as we're eating the burger, I'm like, because we're looking at the menu, I said, okay, before our next burger meeting, when we need to come back for a burger visit, yeah. we need to come for a barbecue visit and, like, not do the burger. Yeah, oh, you always do the burger. It's hard to do. So we're coming in a couple of days to get something other than a burger. <laughs> you you do, do need to go to the sandwich shop. It's the best. It, it's just incredible. What's oh, the name of the sandwich shop? It's, yeah. so impressive. it's called Bond Street. Um, Where is it? B-A-N-H Street. The one closest to you is in Roslyn. Pennsylvania. Everyone drives past it. It's a tiny little shack. You do it through a window. 
Yeah. It's but great, though. I remember I felt it. Now officially so like 10 the, the minutes the into listening to Chad talk okay. to the guests who are blowing him up about the greatest burger ever. Really, it's just, you'll, you'll, you will die for this sample. Play-by-play play commentary. I love the, the whiskey She's going to say one more thing about how great he is. Thanks for coming up. No, nice to meet you. Cool, nice meeting you guys. No problem. Thanks. It's fun. She loves you. Wow, they were great. Great customers. I They were here last time in 2014. Uh, for that burger thing, we do have to get that burger list. Yes, big time. And then we got to go check his check his eBay vintage shop out. I want. So I when mean, I came that- when I came to your opening though, um, that burger was incredible. But let me tell you something, it tore me up. It was yeah. so spicy, dude. It's called a, it's a Gucci burger, which is an homage to uh, to my partner, who's a very good friend who loves spice. Everything she does, she puts spice. So it's actually um, it's an Allen Brothers uh, mix. That we yep. do, that I take uh, roasted shishitos, long hots, and I smoke Mexican chilies, and uh, and we, we we lace it all throughout it. We do a really super fine brunoise of our peppers and whatnot. Toss it all the way in there. The smoked chilies get in there, and then we make them the day before, so it all kind of macerates. Just it sits inside of there. Yeah. Like, um, and then uh, and I like then we to grill I like it, to ma- top it off I with- like to masturbate uh, stuff too. Do you? <laughs> in the yeah, kitchen? only shishitos. Or- just the shishitos. You beat the shishito out of it while you're masturbating? Nice. I love it. <laughs> oh, you didn't say – you said macerate? Macerate. Yeah, you know when you take sugar and add it to fruit? Yeah, you you went oh, right there. Shit. You went 13 boy yeah. on me. I'm good. I'm good. That didn't I, like work right. I like sugar and fruit. <laughs> but but so here's my thing. So So when we were at Jersey's that night, I literally had to stop myself from drinking because I could have stayed there all night long. Hold on. We we did have a few drinks. There was something we did order off the menu, though, and I can't remember oh, what it was, but it was hilarious. Skins. What was it? Potato skins. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm a short, fat guy. Dude, I haven't it, had potato it skins in a while. It literally was a it. potato skin with yeah. salsa on top. Isn't that yeah, what it was? It's exactly what it was. Exactly. And I was like, oh. Uh, well, you know, they're, so they're, good. And I think on the menu it said, like, finely minced onions or something to that effect. And it comes out. It's like <laughs> it's like a half of a red onion thrown the bar- on top of The bartender was potato. great. I remember the bartender. She was great. Um, and while we was, were there, it, I said to her, are you guys on Instagram? Because I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna tag you guys in this picture. She said, no. You know, the owners really No, but they like – I saw it. they, like, retweeted or did something. Well, no. Now they have an Instagram. And she oh, tagged me in the first picture and basically said thanks or whatever it was. But you should be she a restaurant awesome. consultant. She was a great – dude, she was a great bartender. Yep. I mean, like, personable. She was laughing. She was having fun. And you and I are two characters as it is. So to take us as characters and not dickheads, it, it takes a big person. <laughs> so. uh, that was a, that was a funny funny night. So so how about who was we got to we got to go back there sometime. Yeah. So who was the guy that was at the bar? The girl's father. Oh my god, I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea who either of them were. But the the she was, was that a, a little weird that her dad was was he like wasted? He was shit faced, dude. Because he, he kept saying, we have to go. We got to go. We, we, we got to go. Yeah, he was lit up. And then they then they went. But that's – um, we don't have enough bars around here like that. No. Well, because you got to drive. Yeah. And for me, cool. I mean, that's like a that's like a 35-minute drive for me to get over there. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's, a, that's a $50 Uber. Did that guy ever reach out to you, the guy in the wheelchair? Uh, yeah, he sent me a message the next day, just thanking me and, that and how, nice. how nice it was to meet it was, me. He was so happy. He was like, a really so nice freaking guy. happy, that guy. I like guys like that. I like guys like that. Well, and I don't, you know what my business cards say? 
my cards say that chef guy. That's, that's, that's what I get. All, that's they're like, what people hey, say. Are you that, you're, are you you're that, that chef, chef guy? guy, right? So it literally uh-huh. is my, I think it's my, could quite possibly be like my Tinder profile too. Who knows? So Yeah, I don't know anything about that. No. I, I haven't, I haven't uh, found you on, tw- on Tinder yet. No, that's okay. Don't look for me. And if you were looking for me on Tinder, you got to go to Grindr then, I think it is, because that's a whole is, different world. Is that what Grindr is? Uh, Grindr is gay Tinder. Do you know what Grindr, so I went to school in Ohio. That's what they called like, Hot sandwiches, which is super annoying. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing. I'm actually doing a Philly grinder uh, this week on my menu. We're doing a a campaign called Hug a Hero, and for every every one of the four heroes that you buy in the restaurant, we've got an Italiano, I've got a a pollo loco, I've got a veggie, and then I'm doing a Philly. It's actually a Philly grinder, so it's a cheesesteak that's going to be with lettuce, tomato, and onion, and all that good stuff, and and then we're going to bake it off in the oven. So that just reminded me, we had a place in Columbus, Ohio called. Called steak, called um, it was a Philly cheesesteak place called steak. I, whatever it was, we called it steakeria because it would like give you diarrhea every time. Oh. But it was called like steaker. Damn it! I wish my <laughs> friends from college were here. Steakeria. Let's just call it steakeria. Uh, we'll go with that one. Yeah. The uh, uh, you know what I'm sick and tired of is traveling down south and getting the uh, getting the Philly. Which is oh, that shitty cheesesteak so on the frozen? Can I get a Philly crappy amaroso rolls on like the worst roll ever yeah. with like with green cheese peppers. that's not melted enough, but and like uh, and nacho yeah. cheese. I had one with nacho Always cheese. Green. Once. What's with the green peppers? That, that's what people think a fucking Philly is. That's what they think it is. So I'm actually doing a Philly. I'm doing a cheesesteak down here, a cheesesteak spring roll for my clients in Tampa, and uh, and I'm doing it with a cherry pepper ketchup. Perfect. Like, there you go, man. You know. Yeah. So, out. what's your what's your favorite cheesesteak? Uh, Mama's, Mama's in Balakimwood. Damn, I keep hearing about that, and I know not, I've never been there. I'll, I'll meet, meet you there. there. I'll meet you there for lunch. Yeah, I'll meet you there for lunch one day. They, you know what it is? It's the it's the meat that they use. It's a good shaved ribeye, and then they. Have, I feel like Barbara Esmond told me about Mama's. Why wouldn't that's, like that's like that's like a Balak. You used to go there. We used to go there after church. Yeah, that's my. See, growing up, my my dad would like on the way to Flyers games. It was always Del Sandro's, always. Yeah. Del Sandro's. It's not Del bad, Sandro's. but there's first off, this is a huge cheesesteak, and they put so much cheese and meat on it that it's almost cumbersome. But they they I don't know where they get their bread from, but it's like their bread is buttered, and then they've got Ooh. the big huge pile of meat that sits on the griddle, that and they just kind bad. of shake it. Or, oh, not nothing nothing sanitary about that at all. They pull no. it over. They drop the onions right into it, and then I, I want to say the mixture of cheese is like Swiss provolone and American, because there's that sharp kind of that, that sharp little bitterness of a Swiss, and then it's got yeah. a really nice prove, and then that pull of that that stretch of that American cheese. So I gotta try. I gotta. They come do a try. great job. But have you ever done like have you how many how many cheesesteaks have you had in a 24 hour period? Not enough, but like I love John's, you know, which is usually known yeah. for roasted yeah. pork, but I think their cheesesteaks better. Dude, there's a, there's a, there's I'm a, on a I'm, Skype call, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to, uh, I'm not going to name the place, but there's a place that tweets me all the time. Chef, you got to come in. You got to come in. They're in Philly. They're on, they're, they're in Philly. Yeah. You got to come right. in. You got to check, come in and check us out. So I take, a, I, I go out on a date one night. We get a little lit up. We take an Uber over to, to this guy's cheesesteak place. And I walk in and I'm looking and the guy's back there and he's slicing roast pork. And I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you throw some of that pork on my cheesesteak? And the guy's like, no. What? I'm like, uh, yeah. So, so that's cool. We're funny. 
any chance you can throw some of that pork on my cheesesteak? And the guy's like, no, I'm not doing that. And it wasn't like it was well, what, a Philly thing. Like he was kind of pissed off because I was screwing up a cheesesteak. But he was he was dead serious, dude. He was dead serious. And I was pissed off. And I've never been back this? to that place. And I don't retweet them. So Which place is this? I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you when we oh, get okay. off. I'm not going to I'm not going to call him out tell online. Me. Tell so, me now. Uh, no, right. I'm not going to do it. All right, you don't have to. It's not going to happen. I can't do it. I can't call somebody out online. You know, I was in uh, I was flying out of uh, who knows Indianapolis a couple weeks ago, and right. had a server, a bartender who spent like a good portion of her shift on her phone, and I took a picture of her. And, and kind of referenced it. I wasn't mean. I tipped the girl very well, 20% before I left the whole nine yards. Well, she tweeted me and was on my Instagram and gave me shit. People ripped me apart because of the fact that I called somebody out. I never used her name, and I never said the name of the business. But right. it came out. It was crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, you, don't right, want, you, don't, you don't want that. No. Hey, do me a favor. Can you tell me how everybody can get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what do you mean? I mean, <laughs> sorry, let's do that again. Hey, Chad, can you do me a favor and tell all of our guests who are listening how they can get in touch with you on social media? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways you, that you could. But can we start that over? Which I don't know how you get. I don't know how you get in touch with me. <laughs> all right, I can tell you. So you're oh, on no, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Instagram, <laughs> Chef Chad Rosenthal. Chef, Chef Face, Chad Rosenthal. Facebook, Chef Chad Rosenthal. Now, on Facebook, I actually have just Chad Rosenthal from Ambler, where I, I only let my close personal 7,000 friends and family yeah. in. So you I can look that for that too. one, too. But mine's name's weird. Twitter. Twitter is just Chad Rosenthal because Chef Chad Rosenthal was too long. Because yeah. Rosenthal is really too long. It's a big name. So we're just going to – yeah, it's just Chad Rosenthal. Uh, you can call me, but I'm not going to tell you my number. My social security number is one eight eight seven four nine nine three four. You but you, did you change the three and the four? Yeah, it's really four three. Yeah, just checking. I, I had a feeling. I know <laughs> yeah, how you like to just, go yeah, off the Yeah, let me give cup. you the uh, that four digit code on the front of my Amex card. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take a picture and I'll put it on Instagram tomorrow morning. Fifty four sixty four. Uh, right, I dude, I have the greatest right. credit card. I have a Capital One card, and the expiration date is four twenty. That's I, is that a weed thing? It's a weed thing. It's International Smoke Time. Every day at four twenty, you're supposed to smoke. But I thought it was pretty funny, and I actually took a picture of my credit card once, and I blocked out the numbers, and I it just said like my name, and then it, it had four twenty as the expiration date, and I put like fine shooting Capital One. And, uh, you know, hashtag 420. And they retweeted me where they're like, we're so glad you like our cards. <laughs> oh, my God. How do they uh, – what does the time mean? Like, I don't get it. I, it, it means – I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not like a huge weed smoker, dude. 420. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. M-E-A-N-I-N-G. Uh, 420 meeting. Okay, here we go. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is because yeah, you know I'm a big it. fan of the Google. Uh-huh. 420. Do you have the app? Do you use the app or you just click on the... Uh, I use the app like all on, the time. Do you? Yeah. So uh, 420 pronounced, just so you know, Chad, it's pronounced 420. It actually says that. Is it because some guy who was high wrote it 
is a code term that refers to the consumption of cannabis, especially smoking cannabis around the time 4.20 p.m. or a.m., and smoking right. and celebrating cannabis on the date of April 20th, which is 4.20 in U.S. form. So there you go. Wow. And so That's how did it become amazing. that, though? This piece was first published. How did it become Weed Day? Wow, this is really a huge world that we're flipping through on, uh, on this podcast. Uh, Warren Haynes, the Almond Brothers brand guitarist, routinely plays with the surviving members of the Grateful Dead. Where does 420 come from? He pauses and thinks, hands on his side. I don't know the real origin. I know myths and rumors, he says. Uh, the origin of the term 420 celebrated around the world by pot smokers every April. Uh, Huffington Post, I have no idea why I'm even reading this. It's not giving me a fucking answer. It's not no, giving me an start- answer. It's not. Not happy. This is a horrible Huffington Post story. Huffington Post, do me a favor. You guys wrote this article on a. Uh, what is Huffington? That's a, there's too many syllables in that word. It's, Huffington. it's Are you peeing? Are you in the bathroom? No, I actually. You are really weird. My phone is in my pocket right now. Yeah, I'm just pacing around the restaurant and I'm near the bathrooms, but I'm definitely not peeing. Because <laughs> I've peed on podcasts before. So really, yeah, absolutely, dude. They don't know what you're doing. They can't see anything. You're just talking. Where do we Where do we find this podcast? You can find this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, or you can always go to RadioInfluence.com. Stitcher? Stitcher. It's where you pick up. It's like uh, Google stuff. You can also download the app, and and you can listen to the podcast through there. But it's Google Play. It's iTunes. But most of all, it's on RadioInfluence.com. Sweet. How many many listeners do you have? You know, I have no idea. Uh, My last show, our biggest download was a little over 12,000 for the like the seventh episode. But but for us now, I just started uh, this is you're my second guest, man. You're my second Second guest ever. Second ever on Duffified Live. Yeah. Who was the first guest? Uh, A very good buddy of mine named Michael Tips who lives out in L.A. He's getting ready to open a property and him and I are doing two projects together right now. One in Indianapolis and one in uh, Tampa, Florida. Wow. What's in Indianapolis? Uh... Hold on, my battery's gonna die. Indianapolis oh, is podcast over. I know. Hold on. No, we're gonna make this happen. Uh, Indianapolis is actually a really good group of guys. I talked about them last week um, that own a bunch of properties out there, and uh, they have two dive bars. They have one a little bit more of an upper scale bar, and they just bought a gay bar. Um, so huh. Michael and I are redoing the upper scale bar that originally was called 1001 and okay. we have a whole new concept and we're keeping it totally under wraps and we're going to do a super cool kind of upper scale fun bar with crazy little tapas style fun plates and whatnot in the middle of Indianapolis. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, great I haven't been there. Great, I was great, there great once, people. you know, in school in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, yeah. there was a, uh, Indiana was one of the Big Ten schools. We tried to hit them up. I was there once, but I uh, wasn't definitely uh, eating tapas back then. No, not at all. There's a bunch of great bars in that town. There's a bunch of great bars. A lot of really good fun bars with good people. So so that's that. So, uh, Chad, you know, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes now, and uh, I know you have things you have to do. Um, what? Uh, where, where, what's the name of your place, man? How do we find you at your places? What are those three? Yeah, so um, let's let's talk about that. Are we really been talking for an hour and twenty minutes? An hour and twenty minutes. Realize that twelve minutes of that was you talking to guests. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you know you can find me at the Lucky Well. That's my barbecue joint, whiskey bar in Ambler. Uh, Theluckywell.com, uh, and then Bun Street. We didn't really have time to talk about it, but uh, that's my Vietnamese sandwich and fried chicken concept, and that's uh, Bun Street. B A N H. Street, S-T-R-E-E-T dot com. 
Um, and we could talk about that maybe next time, but that's, uh, I have two of those, one in Roslyn, uh, which is like Abington, Pennsylvania, and one in, um, uh, Springhouse, Pennsylvania. I like the suburbs. Yeah, I know. We need to do something in the suburbs of Brooklyn. I want to do that. Fun Street would be perfect for Brooklyn. I will grow my mustache longer. I will twirl them. I'll do whatever I have to do. <laughs> uh, but the, it's all about what I love about Fun Street. We can talk about it real fast is it's all, all about the food. Um, it's all takeout. Um, and it's just simply just great sandwiches, great chicken, take it and leave no service. Um, and, uh, it, it's, um, it down really is dirty. just about it down and dirty, but it's just about the food and the sandwiches are great and the chicken's great. And it's, uh, what I love about this business is, um, is the food aspect of it and making people happy. And, uh, you know, that's what I do every single day. So why, why did you choose Bon me? Why was that? I mean, why not a cheesesteak place or why not you know, a fucking burger joint? You know what? I, one thing that I love about, about food is, um, is maybe it's similar to you know how I learned about this stuff is is like you know giving people something they have no fucking idea what it is like you know at both of my restaurants I have on the wall what is bun me because like at the end of the day it doesn't really matter it's a sandwich and you right. put it in your mouth and your mouth explodes I mean it has sweet it has spicy it has crunchy it has sour it has you know um, Unctuous. I fucking hate that word, but it's, it's, it's got really everything that makes like you talked about a good cook or a good chef. Like he knows, Oh, that's really sweet. We should put something spicy with it. Or yeah, that pate is really smooth. We need a little crunch, you know, like it's all those things wrapped up in one sandwich. And, and what I love about cuisine and anything that I will do from here on out will be, um, will be different. Like I just love different cuisines. I love, uh, serving people something that they have no idea what it is and they taste it and say, holy shit, this is amazing. Like that's, that's what it's all about. It doesn't matter what it's called. Um, it's just kind of teaching people things. Same thing goes into the, my home shopping network line is like teaching people how to cook or simply at home or teaching people what a bon me is or teaching people, you know, taking Korean fried chicken and putting Vietnamese flavors to it. Like I just love, it's all that teaching and experimenting and um, and making people happy. And, and, you know, that's what we do every single day, you know, or yeah. unhappy if they're on Yelp. I want to finish it with this. What is uh, what was your best night ever in a restaurant? Oh, you've, uh, uh, best night ever in a restaurant? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, and, and it could be anything. Let's just, let me rephrase that. Best night ever in a kitchen. Best night ever in a kitchen. I don't know. I, you know, and, and I probably need more thought on more time to think about that. Okay. And you know how, it, well, yeah, yeah, but you know how it is. Like there's nothing better than the rush of being fucking slammed and like, and being, at the prepared, end of, and being prepared and serving massive amounts of people. And that's different for each restaurant. Some restaurants, a massive amounts, 400, some restaurants, a massive amounts, a hundred, some a thousand. Right. But but at the end of the day, you do it and there's no complaints, yeah. no burgers come back, no steaks come back. Everyone leaves happy. And at the end of the night, it's just, you know, the bars packed. I mean, there's there's you know, there and, and you'll know this, too. 
when things go wrong, it's usually on a quiet day. It's like, you know, it's, it's like so you're putting, you're putting one burger out and you fuck it up. And then all of a sudden you look at your books, you sold 90 burgers and they were perfect. It's like, there's nothing like that rush of just running your running around, sweating your ass off, getting dirty. And then you hit the end of the night and, and it's just one of the, one of those great days. Um, I'll have a better answer for you next time. But, um, that's what I love. Well, that's that was a good I answer. I mean, it's just thank you guys. It's you know. it's it's making people happy, whether it's one person or a hundred people. Right. Um, it's uh, you know that's why we do what we do. You know, I, I don't think you can literally work these hours no. and be in this business without at like the heart of it wanting to make people happy. You know, um, no, that's what it, it really is for me. Uh, it, it's there's so much that comes out of that that smile that, and I still don't believe people, and they're like, "Oh my god, that was awesome!" And you know, I, and they go, "I don't believe them." I, I just because I beat myself up about what it is that I do, and I want it to be perfect for people. But uh, but I love when people come in, and I love when they sit down, and I love when I catch them. You know, when they take that first bite and they kind of shake their head and maybe close their eyes a second and go, "Fuck." You know, I love this. So that to me is is my rush when it comes. Right. To you know what else is great? And then we'll we'll. I don't know. We got to end it. Is we like, don't have to. Do we can talk all night. I'm good. I don't. This is yeah. a podcast. I'm good. I listen. I don't know what a podcast is, but um, <laughs> I, you know what's great is like the rare nights where you come into your restaurant and you're in plain clothes and you're doing like what I'm doing right now. I'm walking around with fucking earphones in with a whiskey. So you kind of get to you get the people that don't know you're the guy, you know, yeah. and you yeah. walk by and you hear and you hear them say like, "Holy shit, this is the best burger!" or "These ribs are the best ribs I've ever tasted." And you get to hear that versus if you're a guy walking around in an apron and a white coat, you know they, you know, like like you said, you don't believe what they say because you're the guy. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't want to hurt your feelings, but it's like when you see that or you. Or you slow, or you surprise the table, and you're flying by to do something else, and you and you catch a a quick second of a of a of a word that they're saying, whether it's like "Holy fuck, these are good," or "Oh my god," you know what I mean? That's that's what I love. I love I love the unprovoked. Um, not when you go and ask a table how everything is, but you kind of catch a glimpse of that, or you hear a little bite of that. That's well, they that, stop. Uh, they stop you, and they say, "You know, aren't you the owner?" Or this is, you know, that's the stuff that I like. That's the stuff that I like. But it was funny to me that this whole it's right, right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, the this, uh, yeah, I'm the bathroom guy, just making sure everything's safe. Yeah, just making sure the bathrooms are safe. There's a creepy guy out here. <laughs> She's like, "Oh my god, sweetie." She's texting him right now. Can you uh, yeah, meet me in the bathroom? Sure. There's a guy in the yeah, hallway. Um, just yeah, I'm just making sure the bathrooms are safe, and I have a whiskey and earphones. Pay in. no attention to the webcam in the corner; it's really not on. Mm-hmm. Red light means That's it's fun. off. Means stop. Yep. So. Yep. I don't know why my jeans are so tight, <laughs> and I'm 41 years old. Dude, you're fucking awesome, man. I love talking Thanks, to you. Brad. I, uh, I I really let's just, go to Jersey sometime enjoy. soon. Um, let's go to what are we going to Jersey for? Jerseys. Oh, jerseys, man. See yeah. what happens. See what happens. So Let's get potato skins. <laughs> everybody, do me a favor and uh, make sure you follow uh, Chad. He's on all the good social media stuff and everything. We'll definitely have him back on the show. If you're over in Ambler in the outside, outskirts of Philadelphia, hop over and check him out at the Lucky Well. Check him out at Bond Street and all that good stuff. Chad, thanks for your time, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks, bro. This was awesome. Had a lot of fun. There is nothing better 
than having a good conversation with a buddy, especially when they're a chef, they get the industry, they kind of live the same life that you do. You know, Chad's a great dad. Uh, he's a restaurant owner. Uh, he's a great guy in the community. He's a guy who uh, has really made a great name for himself. So it's always fun to talk to somebody like that, especially somebody who's just kind of so chill and lax. Uh, you know, this industry can tend to turn people into big dicks. This industry can turn people into... Um, pretentious assholes you know you get a little bit of notoriety you get a little bit of fame and and you all of a sudden become a dick and 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 i was lucky enough that you know when that when that stuff happened to me or as it was happening in in past uh you know i had enough people around me to kind of like keep me grounded and keep me level and uh i i never forget when uh i was taping a tv show with my brothers and uh, at one point i was standing up and i was doing these things called no tf which is on the fly you're having a conversation in front of a camera producers firing questions at you like super fast rapid fire questions and at one point i looked around i'm like uh, i'm like hey can somebody do me a favor and get me a you know a bottle of water and uh, that was pretty standard for me when i talk like that i need water I, I you know my mouth starts to get dry and i start talking um so my uh, my brother uh, about 30 seconds later comes out from behind a camera and he looks at me and he's got a bottle of water in his hand and he throws it directly at my nuts and hits me in the nuts and he looks at me and he's like, don't forget, you can always get your own fucking bottle of water. So cheers to you, my good friend, Chad. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, passion for the business and the industry and I appreciate you as a friend. So thank you so much for everything. Go and see Chad. Check him out at uh, Chef Chad Rosenthal on Instagram and Facebook. Chad Rosenthal on Twitter. And don't forget to check out his big, big spot. His huge, his big spot that's over there in Ambler. It is called the Lucky Well. Um, it is on Butler Pike in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Check him out. Watch him on uh, Home Shopping Network coming up. You can get some of his ribs and his sauce and all the good stuff. And if you're lucky, you guys will be able to come and hang out with us one night at the bar. All right, everybody, here we go. So thank you so much for listening to Duffified Live on RadioInfluence.com. Also, make sure that you're telling your friends. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, download it, subscribe. Maybe even we'll send you a free prize. We're not really going to send you a free prize, but go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, download Duffified Live, tell your friends about Duffified Live. And at any point that you want to, feel free to tweet to me. I'm Chef Bryduff on Instagram and Twitter, Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook. And guys, you want to ask me a question, you want to get along a little bit, send me a hashtag, AskDuff. I'll add that into my feed. I'll answer your questions throughout the week. I'm going to start doing a couple more fun little bits. We're going to talk to a couple more chefs. I'm going to have a couple more little tidbits of uh, information that we're going to give out to everybody that's just going to be fun. You know, I want to make this show fun. I want to make it something that you guys listen to. So if you guys have topics you want me to talk about, you have something that wants to, that, that's coming up that you want a little information on, you got a wedding, you want to know how to make that roast beef, who cares what it is, send me a text, send me a tweet, and then I'll get back to you guys. Thanks again. Duffified Live, RadioInfluence.com, Stitcher, and iTunes. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an Ian Beckles Flavor in Your Ear Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Being in the house, okay, was punishment right. when I was growing up. I'm yes. older than you are. What I didn't stay in the house, okay? If my mom said, you're going to stay in the house, that was punishment. Kids want to be in the house. Like, we 
we used to run around. We used to ride our bikes. Now you can't ride your bike from here to across the street. Mm-hmm. We used to ride our bikes miles. We, we, we ride our bike five miles to another football field and play football and then ride our bike back five miles. Yeah. That makes me stronger than you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. These kids now, they're playing Madden for five hours while they're smoking weed. Uh-huh. Okay. And then they have a little stop and they have eat some Cheetos. And then they start up again. And then they have yeah. Uber Eats deliver them food. You know, and more then they food. go to gym class, <laughs> right. okay? And they don't have gym anymore. They have no. you know what they do with gym? Sometimes they walk around the track. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like my kids didn't do gym. You know what we did in gym? We played floor hockey, we played dodgeball, right. we played basketball, we wrestled, we competed, and I was good at it. Uh-huh. You know what I wasn't good at? History. <laughs> so if 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 they didn't have if I was in school these days. That's the only thing I had was gym. Gym was my yeah. favorite class. Yeah. If you give, if you put a ball in a game, I want that ball. Yeah. Like, I want it. Like, you throw a ball on the ground, you can put 100 people here, and they go, go get the ball. I'm coming up with the ball. And if I have to gouge somebody's eyes out to take the ball, mm-hmm. that's the kind of way I'm wired up, you know? And I hear these young kids sometimes, they say, I can't deal with this type of pressure. I go, uh-huh. what pressure? Well, I don't like people that are on top of me, and there's too much pressure. And I go... Let me give you some pressure, okay? It's uh, it's third and ten. You're on your own one yard line, okay? <laughs> uh, Reggie White's across from you. You're in Green Bay, and it's twenty degrees, and you can't feel your hands. <laughs> and behind you, the whole crowd is chanting Reggie. I'm looking at Reggie White's eyes, and he's drooling. His eyes are twitching and he's drooling and he's shaking while they're chanting his name. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'd rather be anywhere but here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Anywhere. So what was your pressure again? What was it again? Oh, it's you, it's too much pressure to time. Get the hell out of here. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.